And I'm Dave, the Bionic Blogger. And this is AMP, a podcast for people with limb loss. Hey, Dave, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. We're at Halloween week. Yeah, we are, aren't we? Exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you have younger kids, I think it's more exciting. You don't have a costume or anything? Nope. Oh. Happily, no. Okay. I will not inflict that upon the society at large. Oh. See, we already have our costumes, so we're we're very excited. Yeah, what what are the what are the So my eleven year old this year is going as the plague doctor. The plague doctor. Yes. So his his costumes, you know, I used to be able to pick out really cute little adorable, really cute costumes, but now he's into like scaring people and things like that. So He's a plague doctor, and my husband is going trick-or-treating with him dressed like somebody who has the plague. Lovely. And, yes, and my three-year-old is going as a puppy dog, which is good because I have to keep him on a leash when we're in public, so I'm going as a dog walker. <laughs> not bad. That's not bad at all. I, th- I think I like that better than the, the plague victim yes. and plague doctor. <laughs> Well, Which we like to keep a theme. We we do family costumes every year, so. You know what my theme is? Stay at home and eat candy? <laughs> no, stay at home and hope no one comes to the door. Oh. <laughs> That's my theme. No fun. I know. There are a few little kids in the neighborhood who come by, so I, I'll hand it out while Kara races around with Caroline. Okay. Make sure that she doesn't, you know, get in trouble. What's her costume? Do you know? I believe she and her friends are going as Alvin and the Chipmunks, but I am also relatively certain that will change 14 times between now and right. uh, Halloween. Okay. Well, stay tuned. We'll, we'll summarize it next week. Yeah. But this week we have a, an important topic to go over, um, the RAND report. Yeah. And let's start this, Peggy, um, because I actually tweeted about this uh, when I returned back from Iceland and was catching up on everything. And I saw that you were actually in D.C. at the press conference that was discussing the RAND report. So why don't you give people a little bit of background about um, what it was that you did and and what it was that you said, and then we can dive into the report itself. Okay. Um, I was delighted to have been asked to attend the press conference um, and to provide my experience as an individual with limb loss using who has used a microprocessor device. Um, And the press conference was to unveil this report that we are going to go into a little bit, uh, not completely in depth because it is very complex. Um, but basically, it's comparing the the overall cost versus quality of microprocessor knees versus mechanical knees. And they asked two individuals with limb loss to be present at the press conference to answer questions. Um, and I was given an opportunity to speak about my experience, uh, you know, of using a, a normal prosthetic device versus using a microprocessor and the difference in my life and how my life changed when I when I was afforded that technology and just how I feel like it's important that everybody has the right device for the right person at the right time in their life. Um, and it was a real pleasure to be able to do it. And I have the link to my little talk on my fate or on my uh, blog, amputeemommy.com. Um, and I was happy to do it. 
Yeah, and you did a great job. I, I came back and you had sent me the link and said, hey, Dave, check it out. And I went right to the part where you were and I thought it was a really, uh, a really well put together and, um, you know, I, I think a very personal retelling of your story in a way that brought the issue that the Rand Report is trying to address. It's, it's trying to do it, obviously, with respect to microprocessor knees. You're dealing with a microprocessor ankle foot system. That's the one that you've used. But I thought you brought the issue of high technology and its impact on the user, people like you and me and everyone else in the limb loss, limb difference community who has the opportunity to use it really, really well. So thank you for doing it. And um, we should probably dive into what the RAND report is a little bit so people understand the implications. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to take the first slide or do you, would you like me to? Sure, I'll jump in. So, um, you know, the at, at the highest level, um, this is a new economic and clinical analysis of prostheses from the RAND Corp. Um, it looks at the value of microprocessor-controlled prosthetic knees specifically, and in this podcast, we're going to show you or explain what the research shows, why the report is important, and how you can access this study and also access other relevant literature. I think people's first question is going to be, uh, what is the RAND Corporation? The RAND Corporation, if you are not familiar, which I was not before I was asked to go to the press conference, it is a nonprofit, nonpartisan research organization. It was actually founded in 1948 with the purpose of strengthening public policy through research. And their core mission is to develop solutions to public health policy challenges to make communities throughout the world safer and more secure, healthier, and more prosperous. Yeah, and this is a report that was actually sponsored by the American Orthotic and Prosthetic Association, or AOPA. If you listened to our podcast on Alphabet Soup uh, several months ago, you can um, learn exactly what it is that AOPA is, but the name kind of implies it. Um but it's important to recognize that even though AOPA sponsored the report, the material in the report is the pure responsibility of the RAND research team. That's not AOPA's responsibility. Um, and anything in the report doesn't necessarily reflect policy positions of AOPA. In other words, even though AOPA sponsored the study in the form of funding it, uh, the results are whatever the results are that the RAND research team uh, develops on their own independently. So it's important to keep that uh, in mind because one of the criticisms historically of a lot of clinical research is that manufacturers are sponsoring it and they have skin in the game. Well, RAND is an independent entity that's actually performing the research. Uh, the focus was on the different types of prosthetic knees, microprocessors versus non-microprocessor knees, and um, the RAND uh, the RAND report starts from the following premise. It notes that payers have been questioning microprocessor needs value for the money spent. Um, and they specifically note that the payment system is not yet evolved with the advancement of technology. That payment system remains rooted in the historical treatment of prosthetics as commodity products with an ensuing emphasis on unit cost, meaning they focus just on cost, not so much on outcomes or quality. And they also note that this can result in restricting patient access to clinically superior prostheses. So that's kind of the starting point for the, for the report. And uh, everything kind of flows from that. 
So the methodology used by the RAND Corporation for this report uh, began with a literature review of clinical and the economic impacts of prosthetic knees. They also ran a 10-year simulation model for only K3 and K4 users. Uh, so it's important to know that K1 users and K2 users were not were not included in this study. It was just K3 and just K4. And the results are summarized as incremental cost-effective ratio, or ICER. Is that correct? That is correct. Is that how they say that? Okay, ICER. ICER is a commonly accepted measure for health effectiveness. Um, It's equal to the incremental cost of microprocessor knees versus non-microprocessor knees for each quality-adjusted life year. Which do they actually call it quality, or is that just? I like I don't quality. Know. I'm going to go call with quality. It, let's call it quality. I like, I it. like quality. Q-A-L-Y, quality. Yes, quality, which is quality adjusted life year gained. One quality equals one year of perfect health, and death is equal to a zero quality. Um, if you right? were wondering. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the lower the ICER, which, if you remember, is the incremental cost-effective ratio, the better. The higher ICER means the more money was required to achieve health gains. Uh, and typically, it should be noted that ratios of $50,000 to $150,000 per quality-adjusted life year, which is the quality, are typically used. So typically, the ratio between fifty and 150000 per quality. Yeah, and these the ICER ratios is from from what I gleaned from the Rand report itself is something that's much more common when you have centralized healthcare systems, like for example in England with the national health uh, system there, and their ICER is used to actually measure the cost effectiveness um, of the care that's provided within that system. So again, the two main concepts that we're going to be talking about here that are that get more technical are ICER, which again is this incremental cost effectiveness ratio. Um, and we want lower ICERs rather than higher ICERs. Lower ICER means you're getting uh, more, uh, more value out of the money spent with respect to the health gains. Uh, then you've got this concept of qualities, quality adjusted life years. And again, if you've got a quality adjusted life year of one, that means that's one quality, uh, one quality that you've gained, and that's a year of perfect health. If you were at zero, uh, you would be dead in the quality system. Which is not So good. do we want to go through the findings? Yes. Yes. All right. Why don't you start? Uh, the main clinical benefits of microprocessor knees are, the first one, fewer falls with injuries, 26% for microprocessor knee users versus 82% for non-microprocessor knee universe, users. Uh, the fall with a minor injury typically cost $1,322. A major injury fall costs $24,845. And fall-related death costs cost $27,338. So there are fewer falls with microprocessor knees. Uh, Looking at 10,000 new amputees over 10 years, microprocessors' knees reduce 62 minor injuries and 82 major injuries and 11 fall-related deaths. This this, uh, result this resulted in a reduction in direct health care costs of $3,576 per person per year. 
right? So when you spread all of those savings, right. the savings right. from 62 minor injuries, 82 major injuries, and 11 fall-related deaths, when you spread that across, across the 10,000 new amputees that they assume in the cohort, um, that results in average direct healthcare cost savings of, over, of almost $3,600 per year, per person, per year. And that that's a that's a pretty big finding. Absolutely, and, and I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily all that surprising. No. either to people who've used these knees and clinicians who've been working with patients on them. I mean, one of the things that I can tell you, Peggy, when when we first started fitting them at my facility back in two thousand and one, it was very apparent very quickly that patients were going to fall less and were falling less from the moment they got in the prosthesis because these knees had the ability to give the user time to catch themselves before collapsing. Right. Uh, the other main clinical benefit is reduced knee osteoarthritis in the remaining joint. So in your sound limb, there was a 30% reduction in knee osteoarthritis which related to a reduction in direct cost of $180 per person per year over the 10 years. Yeah. There were other things, Peggy, that they wanted to ideally look at clinically, things like um, reduction in in healthcare costs related to pharmaceuticals, reduction in back pain, um, energy efficiency. The data simply wasn't particularly compelling around those points so and wasn't specific enough, so they weren't able to draw conclusions with respect to those items. Um, if there were more robust data, it might show additional savings there, but NEOA and fewer falls were the two main clinical findings they were comfortable with. All right. Overall, microprocessor knee users' direct costs are, drumroll please, 56% lower than non-microprocessor knees. So overall, the direct cost ended up being $2,890 versus $6,566 for non-microprocessor knee users. That's 56% lower. Yep. Now, that's one half of, uh, only one part of the puzzle here. So those are the direct healthcare costs. Then there are also indirect costs. Uh, those are costs associated with things like lost wages, uh, caregiving and transportation expenses. And there were additional cost savings collectively across those three things. Again, microprocessor needs versus non-microprocessor. Microprocessor needs reduced those indirect costs by $909 versus non-microprocessor needs. So uh, microprocessors saw um, indirect costs of about $4,270 versus $5,000, almost $200 for microprocessor needs, for, for, I'm sorry, for non-microprocessor needs. In addition, um, and this is where, you know, so those are all of the savings. Then you move into, well, what are the costs associated with these different types of technologies? And the cost of device acquisition or Medicare payment for these different types of knees is not surprisingly higher for microprocessor knees than non-microprocessor knees. Over 10 years, uh, the average per person per year cost for a microprocessor knee was just under $8,000, $7,925 versus only $1,638 for non-microprocessor knees. Um, so the total cost per person per year when you actually split that out across the 10 years, is 13% higher for microprocessor knees versus non-microprocessor knees, with microprocessor knees being $15,083 per person per year, 
sorry, micro, I'm not sure if I said this right, Peggy, microprocessor knees at 15,083 per person per year, non-microprocessor knees at $13,382 per person per year. So again, the total cost per person per year if you purchase an MPK is higher than a non-MPK, which I think we all would generally understand to be the case. So this then leads to really sort of the final piece of the analysis, which is when you factor in the savings and you factor in the costs, is what you're spending up front on a microprocessor knee worth it? Exactly. And what the RAND report concluded was that the combined clinical and economic benefit analysis was that microprocessor knees resulted in an increase of 0.91 qualies versus non-microprocessor knees over 10 years. Right. And if we remember at the beginning, Peggy, you mentioned a quality of one is one perfectly healthy year. So if you use a microprocessor knee over 10 years, the MPKs result in an increase of nearly one full life year of healthy living. Exactly. Um, Microprocessor knees result in an increase of um, $10,604, sorry, in total cost per person over 10 years. That breaks down to $1,640 increase, 1000 I can't say that, $1,060.40 increase per year or $88.37 per month. So, right. so it costs more. It costs more, but I think the important thing to understand is that over 10 years- You get almost a year. You're getting a, a quality, a, almost one quality back. And the effective cost of that per member in a uh, 10,000-person cohort is just under $90 per month. Right. And remember, Dave, that it's generally accepted that spending between $50,000 to $150,000 to gain one quality is deemed okay. That's kind of the, the normal accepted amount. So microprocessor knees have the ISER of only $11,606 per quality. So we're still, microprocessor needs are still well below the accepted $50,000 to $150,000 per quality for spending. Yeah. And the the researchers also, this is where it starts to get incredibly complex, and I'm not a statistician, but they also looked at that that, um, 11,606 you cited is sort of, that's the uh, that's the raw number, but then they do a series of analyses that assume that f- factors could be better or worse across the the 10,000 person assumed uh, population that they're studying statistically. And that sort of leads to a best case, worst case scenario around the ICER. And even in the worst case scenario, in other words, everything breaks as expensively as possible across that 10,000 assumed patient population. The ICER for microprocessor knees is $36,537, still less than the 50,000 that is the minimum benchmark for saying we're getting good value for the money spent. And so that led Rand to conclude, then this is a quote, microprocessor needs do provide good value for money from a societal perspective. Awesome. Uh, The Rand report is the first combined clinical economic analysis to actually look at microprocessor knee technology and to determine versus non-microprocessor knee technology to really break it down from a clinical and economic standpoint. 
Yep, it is. And it concluded that microprocessor knees provide unique clinical benefits, specifically in the areas of fall reduction and reduced knee osteoarthritis. It also concluded that microprocessor knees reduce direct and indirect health costs. And it concluded that microprocessor knees have a low ICER. The ICER is less than $50,000 under any of the scenarios that they ran. And the the main conclusion was that it suggests that payers get good value for money spent on microprocessor knees. So, I mean, Peggy, let's talk about this now for a few minutes. I mean, the obvious significance of this is that for a long time, the holy grail in the research community has been trying to establish that by bringing technology to market that provides more lifelike, not lifelike, but more lifelike um, function in it, that the people, the people in the limb loss, limb difference community will benefit from that and that the broader healthcare system benefits from that over time. And in general, I think the conclusions in this report do support that concept. Absolutely. Um, again, you know, insurance companies and payers, everybody, we live in a data-driven society. So this is just one one tool that, you know, uh, prosthetists and, and the community and the industry are going to be able to utilize this analysis, this nonpartisan, completely unbiased, yes, it was commissioned by AOPA, but AOPA did not drive any of the results. And, you know, when they signed on with the RAND Corporation, they signed on to accept this study regardless of what it showed. Right, Dave? So, so this is as objective as it can be. And the information that, that we now have concluded in this legitimate study is really going to help further um, the case to get microprocessor technology onto people who need it. Yep. And in the interest of completeness, I should disclose I'm on the board of directors of AOPA. So I was aware of this project and um, I can, I, I want to thank AOPA for taking uh, a lot of time. I know that a lot of people committed a lot of time to pulling together different, uh, different stakeholders who could provide meaningful input on this. Um, so, and, and all of those people are listed in the RAND report, um, but it's, it, it was a really big undertaking and a significant financial investment by AOPA for, to, you know, to get results that you didn't know what they were going to be. Um, we, we thought we knew that the, the data would trend this way because it seemed to accord with the experience of prosthetists in particular, who've worked a lot with this kind of technology, but there were no guarantees. So it's a it's really a big undertaking, and AOPA did an excellent, excellent job uh, in terms of you know looking looking here to play the long game a little bit. This is not something that, when it started several years ago, was guaranteed to do much of anything beyond cost money, um, but. Uh, you know, happily, it, it led to some really important information and data, objective data that can hopefully be used, particularly with payers, to help illustrate the benefits that are provided when you match the right patients to the right kinds of products. Absolutely, and uh, we're excited to be able to bring the the results of this to our listeners, and we are going to include this on in our research database. Correct, Dave. Yep. So that was kind of, you've just segued so nicely, Peggy. The The last thing we want to emphasize is that you can access the RAND report simply by going to the, the second to last slide in the show notes, but we will also include this obviously in the AMPT Research Index, 
which is uh, ever-growing. We keep updating it on a monthly basis, Peggy. I think we're well over 600 studies now, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, I should know that because I, I, I know I'm the one looking at a lot of them and saying, do we have this one already or not? Um, but it's um, this will be included in there as well. And if you want to find that, simply go to www.ampedpod.com and look for the research index. It's listed right on our homepage and you can jump to it. And you can see not only the RAND report, but you'll see hundreds of other studies organized by topic area and year of publication so that you can quickly and easily uh, get to what you need to get to. And we always encourage uh, our listeners, if they are not prosthetists themselves, to share that information with their prosthetists so that they have access to it can be especially helpful when dealing with claim denials, particularly when those denials are on the ground that a device is experimental or investigational. Definitely. And if you know of a study that you believe should be included and is not included in our index, uh, feel free to shoot us that information as well and we will look into it. Absolutely. All right, Dave. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Peggy, and great job Thank in you. DC this week. It was it was fun. It was I really, really enjoyed it. So I was happy to be part of it. Yep. Well, it was important that important that the patient voice be part of that uh, that forum, and I was really glad that you you were the one of the people. Absolutely. All right. Have All right. a great week, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye.